Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York City-based singer, songwriter, and crossover artist Peter Ayers. We got into his new debut 2023 trio CD, Surviving COVID, his life in music, and so much more. Influenced by artists like Jamie Collum and Brad Meldow, he relishes the art of sticking pop songs through the proverbial jazz blender. Hand in My Pocket from Alanis Morissette is the first release full of funk sounds. He has had a tremendous amount of success as a jazz artist who only recently started performing the genre again. Fresh off several major performances in New York City, he's ready to roar. We cover some good ground. Enjoy. Hey, Pete. How are you? How's, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Nice to meet you. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for taking a minute out. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm just glad you, you know, got back to me, and thanks for even offering. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. I absolutely. That's, that's, the, that's our bread and butter around here. I love getting, exposing artists to the world, so... You have wonderful tunes, and before we get into Hand in My Pocket, I want to know, how did you survive the last three and a half years or so through the pandemic? How did you get through it, and how did it change you? Hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, living in the city in New York is definitely a lot different than the experience uh, that I've heard from, you know, my family who's uh, in St. Louis. Um, and just around the country, um, I think being in the city, it was very much in your face all the time, um, just because of proximity and, um, obviously living in a big place like New York where it felt like the epicenter and the world was kind of watching, um, that was really jarring. Um, and then obviously being a musician on top of that, it definitely required a lot of self-reflection of, of kind of what am I doing? What is my purpose? How do I maybe take something like this moment and write something? How do I, or do I write anything? Um, I think it was a really, really scary and confusing time. Um, but specifically to being an artist, it was, it, it, for me, I think I, I spent a lot of time writing, um, whether any of that stuff was any good at the end of it, um, is hard to say. But I think it, it really gave me a focus of like, okay, I, I want to document this in some way, even if it doesn't even have to do with the pandemic and what's happening around me. I took a moment to sort of um, give myself some time to sort of be creative when I could. So was this album an outgrowth of going through the pandemic? Talk to me about how you artistically constructed this album. Yeah. Um, in a way, I think it could. You could say that's, that's part of it. Um, some of this stuff, especially the other singles that I'm going to be releasing, um, one of the songs called Kingdom is one that was written by me, and that is a direct result of what happened with the pandemic. Um, the other stuff, uh, like Hand in My Pocket, I think all that stuff was just kind of brewing for a long time, and then um, once things started to open up again and we were able to play with each other again, um, you know, I was able to sort of sit with my trio and, and play again and perform again, which really felt good. And then this past year, I was able to record. So I guess in a way, they're connected. But um, for the most part, this past year has been a really great explosion of musicians being able to get back out there and, and perform again. So I think the thing about releasing an album, too, is that there's so much emotion, there's so much energy that goes into it. 
mm-hmm. are you ultimately hoping the listener gets from this album? Um, I think, I think I want um, listeners to have fun. I think "Hand in My Pocket" in particular was a song meant to just sort of bring joy to a tune that most people are familiar with, especially if you grew up in the 90s like I did. Um, I like to blend genres a lot. I studied jazz early on, and I love jazz. And I moved up to New York and started actually writing more R&B and soul and funk. And so I have a lot of crossbreeding with genres. And lately... I've been kind of going back to jazz and mixing more R&B and soul into that, which has been around forever. But um, I I think with Hand in My Pocket, I definitely wanted to make jazz something that was fun and accessible, especially with my listeners who followed me through my career as like a singer-songwriter and R&B artist. Um, I kind of wanted to do something that was familiar, but still within the genre that I think I've always been performing in, which is kind of a mix of jazz, soul, R&B, and singer-songwriter. So Brad Maldow and Jamie Cullum are big influences, but let's go back to the very beginnings of your journey. Tell me where you were born and raised, and how did music become the the world that you were going to gravitate towards? Yeah. Uh, so I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I started music at a around 10 or so playing piano. I hated it. Um, I did not like piano lessons. Um, and I quit, um, all the way up through high school. And then into college, I actually was a philosophy major and I had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, thankfully I was dating someone at the time that sort of pushed me to pursue music. And that's how I fell into, uh, the, jazz world at Webster University uh, in St. Louis, and I studied there for four years doing jazz vocal performance. Um, And then after I graduated there, uh, I moved up to New York and started writing for my own band, um, which was, as I said before, more of like a soul and funk band. It was a 13-piece group, three horns, backup singers, organ player, uh, myself leading the band. but I would say a lot of my earlier influences were a real mix. Um, I lived, my parents listened to rock, uh, 60s and 70s stuff. Um, I sort of discovered soul music later in um, high school, and I started listening to hip-hop and R&B, uh, new artists, indie artists. I, I really just loved consuming as much music as possible. And this was before I even really considered myself being a musician or taking on a career that really didn't develop until I got to college. So what was the first live show that you ever saw that blew you away? Oof, that is a good question. I think the first concert I ever went to, and I'll consider it the first one that also blew me away was James Taylor. I saw him at Riverport, which is now called something else. But it's an outdoor theater in St. Louis, and uh, James Taylor was a huge influence on me. I loved his voice. I loved his tone. He was an excellent, an excellent musician, um, and my dad absolutely adored him and admired him. So I sort of saw him as the pinnacle of what a musician should be, which is just, in his case, I think is almost perfection. He's an amazing songwriter. He's he takes his voice very seriously. Um, so that was a huge influence on me. 
so you've been at this for a little while. What is it that you love the best about being a professional musician? What gets you out of bed? What do you look forward to? Performing, hands down. Yeah, I love getting in front of an audience and performing. Um, it's something that I just truly get to escape in. It, it, it removes all of the uh struggles and things that we all deal with every day the constant battering uh thoughts in your mind it just removes that and you have to just focus on what is happening in real time um yeah i it's i just had a performance in st louis recently and it just reminds me so much of how focused you get when you get to perform you really get to create the art in the moment. And so that's that's really what I love the most. So being in Kansas City, you know, I hear things about St. Louis, and, and I know it's more blues than jazz there. So what was it like growing up in St. Louis, just kind of a music consumer and getting into it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, St. Louis, at least at the time, was, yeah, a lot of blues. Um I think when I was younger, um, it was harder to to find music to go see that wasn't um, folks playing in a bar, playing cover music. Nowadays, St. Louis has totally changed. Um, there's been a lot of developments in the last 10 years, a lot of venues opening up. There's way more of a scene there than when I was there, or at least I, that I knew about. I was very young. So I moved out of St. Louis when I was 22. And now the scene in St. Louis and the culture has really been embraced. And I think there's a lot of really, really good uh, possibilities there that weren't there when I was there. But I will say that um, St. Louis has always been a huge, huge music supporter um, and now that they've sort of embraced um, newer music, indie music, jazz, um, it's it's really changed a lot. And it's, it's very exciting to see. Um, I kind of wish all of this stuff was happening before I left, but it's cool to come back every year and sort of see it grow and build. Why do you love jazz? I mean, this is a part of what you do. I mean, it's not all of it, but it's a good part of it. So ultimately, at the end of the day, why do you love jazz? Oh, man. I mean, there's so many reasons. Um, I think I've, I was drawn to jazz at a very early age before I even knew what jazz was. Um, I think one of the first great influences on me that was jazz harmony in some ways was... Um, Rhapsody in Blue by Gershwin. Um, and I heard it, I think, when I was a little kid. I think uh, Fantasia 2 or something had come out. And I was so enthralled with the harmony. Because at that point, I had just never heard anything that was that. That was mostly, it was like, you know, little kid music or rock music. It's one four five four, you know, kind of stuff. And then when... I heard something with a little bit more complexity and a little more tension. Um, I was just completely blown away. I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. Um, so I would say jazz, I think, for me, is, is has the ability to encompass so many different things, so many different genres. The term jazz is, is kind of limiting in some ways with what it has the capability of being. 
Um, one person can listen to, you know, um, a standard and say, okay, well, that's jazz. But then you could listen to modern things nowadays and say, like, oh, well, that's that's a singer-songwriter thing to a jazz artist. But maybe to someone else who's just not a jazz fan would be like, well, that's jazz. And that's that's kind of what my music is like in some ways. You could listen to Hand in My Pocket and to one jazz aficionado they would say like oh well that's not quite jazz that's more singer songwriter but then to someone who is not a huge jazz fan they might listen to my record and be like oh that's that sounds like jazz to me and that in and of itself is just the beauty of the art form it can be so many different things to different people um and i i could talk all day about this so no that was a great answer so i'm curious you know, as somebody that comes from a Midwestern city and moves to such a mecca like New York, there's obviously mm -hmm. dreams of being on stages and in venues. What was the first stage that you got on where you were like, wow, I can't believe this is happening, or it was a dream of yours? <laughs> okay. Well, there was a couple. Uh, I've been really fortunate enough to uh, be on some really cool stages in New York. Um, the first one where it was my project, was Bowery Ballroom. That's like a, I think like a 2,000 person capacity level uh, theater. There have been so many, so many famous bands that have performed there. So, so for me as an artist, that was like the biggest stage I had ever played that was very famous to me uh, in the New York City scene. Um, as I also was able to perform with a choir at Carnegie Hall. And that was like a holy moly, this is insane, very surreal moment to look out and be a part of history, um, in my opinion. And then this past year, I got to sing at Birdland in um, New York. And that was like a insane moment of kind of like, wow, this is a legendary place. I get to say that I've played. So for me, there's there's a lot of them, but those are probably the top three. So there's a really solid crop of jazz musicians that are out there that perform live. Is there anybody that's on your radar that you haven't seen yet that you would love to catch live? Oh, man. Um, well, I just saw there was a, a trio that was on my list for years, and they hardly ever play with each other. But this past couple of years, they have been again. Um, I literally just saw them on Friday night last week. Um, it's a tribute to Ray Brown. So it's Christian McBride on the bass, Benny Green on the piano, and Greg Hutchinson on the drums. And those guys are just insane. Just insane. It's truly like watching magic in real time. It's just so uplifting and spiritual. You really feel like you went through something. And that was like a huge, huge trio that I'd want to see for many, many years. Um, I also went to Newport Jazz Festival last year, and I saw Diana Krall with her quartet, and that was that was a big one because she doesn't always tour that frequently. Um, so that I had to make the journey over into Rhode Island to go see that one. It was it was special. So you know you've obviously been on quite a journey in in your professional career, and I'm curious if you were to have a dream tonight and run into you know, that version of you right before you were going to New York, and you could give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom that you've accumulated over the years. What advice would you give your younger self? 
I would, I, I almost feel like this is kind of cliche at this point, but it's, I think to me, I would probably tell myself, um, don't worry so much, you know, or don't hold on to an, the idea of what you thought was supposed to work out. Um, because I, I think for a long time, I thought things were supposed to be a certain way and then they weren't, you know, that's, that's just, honestly, that's just how it goes in life, period. Um, but as a musician, I think, especially if you're a dedicated professional musician and this is what you want to do, I think the hardest thing to do is to, is to pivot and sort of do something else if something isn't working or um, keep going. I think being persistent and staying consistent and believing in yourself is a really hard thing to do after a while. I mean, when I started performing music, I was 16, 17 years old, and now I'm 35. My life is totally different now. Um, I could have given up a long time ago, but I'm still doing it, and I'm sort of doing it more for myself and for the fans that I've accumulated over the years more than anything. And I think that that's a really, really difficult thing to remember as you're going through it. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately are in control. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't really know. That changes every day, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would I, – I guess um, – for me, I sort of see myself as, I don't know, a musician, you know, an artist in some ways. I try not to li my, limit myself to genre, even though sometimes it, it helps to sort of put yourself in a box, like I'm a jazz musician, I'm a singer-songwriter, I'm a yada yada. But my mind, and I think most people's minds, if you ask them truly, don't really work that way. Most jazz musicians that I know don't listen to jazz all the time. You know, they're listening to lots of stuff. So, and they're wanting to write more things that are not within the genre of quote unquote jazz, right? So I think for me, I sort of see myself as an explorer, which sounds kind of sappy and, and not, not a direct answer, but I, I think I really see myself as someone who really loves to explore genres and pursue them and get really into them and then hopefully those characteristics sort of flow into something else whatever my next idea might be so if anyone wants to pick up hand in my pocket catch you live anything about your world where is the best place to go yeah i mean i'm going to be releasing new music over the next year um they're all going to be singles uh, until I get to the EP, which will be released hopefully this year too. Um, so the best way to follow me and listen to me is through my Instagram and Spotify. So give me a follow. Um, and that's how you can sort of keep in touch. I also have an emailing list, but my Instagram handle is my name, Pete Ayers Music. Um, so please give us, give me and my trio a follow and that's, that's how you're going to hear about my music for sure. Wonderful. Hey, man, this has been great. Thank you so much, Pete, for reaching out. Thanks for taking a minute out. Enjoy the holiday season, and best of luck with the album. 
Thanks, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Great questions. It was fun. Thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Chess interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Peter for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.